Well, hey, good morning. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor, and I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Uh, so, here's a question. How much time do you spend getting ready in the morning? Uh, how much time do you spend in the mirror? And now, when I say get ready, I'm not saying just like what's like the least amount of time you've ever spent getting ready, or even what's the most amount of time. But on average, if you're going to go somewhere, you're getting dressed, you're getting ready, how long do you spend? Uh, there was a survey done a little bit ago, and they found that the majority of people, almost 56%, spend between 11 to 33 minutes getting ready. So you can see if you're in that average group, uh, there was a very small percent, 2%, that spend less than five minutes. So their whole getting ready routine, uh, showering, toothbrushing, whatever they gotta do, less than five minutes, which I think is pretty impressive. And then there was another small percentage, 3%, that spend more than an hour getting ready. Uh, now, I don't know how much time you spend ready. Uh, I will say, uh, this might be a little bit TMI, but we're standing in my bathroom. Uh, so I have found that the older I get, the more time it takes me to get ready because there's things that I have to do as a part of my grooming that just I didn't have to do when I was younger. Uh, so this year was the year that I bought my very first nose and ear hair trimmer because I guess once you get into your 40s, that's something that you have to do now. Uh, but no matter how long you spend, here's, here's what I know about every single one of us. Here's how long you spend getting ready, is you spend however long it takes until it gets better. Every single one of us, we get up in the morning and we have, you know, the hairs matted and junk in our eyes and, you know, bad breath. And, and we come in and we do whatever we have to do. We, we wash and we scrub and we brush and we pluck and we add goos and potions, whatever it takes, so that the end result, once we leave, looks better than what we first came into. Uh, now, here's why I bring all that up. Uh, today, I want to look at a, a section of scripture. Uh, it's, I love this piece of scripture. Uh, it's written almost 2,000 years ago, and it was written by a guy named James. And just, just by who it was written by is a pretty amazing thing. Uh, James was the half-brother of Jesus. And so we believe that Jesus was born of a virgin, uh, was born uh, but born to a woman, Mary. And then Mary and Joseph, kind of Jesus's step uh, father, adopted father, however that worked. Uh, after Jesus, they had other kids, uh, and at least two of those, we know their names, James and Jude. Uh, and I love the story of James because like we talked about last week, if you were with us, for most of us, the coming to faith isn't something that just like, you know, happens overnight. You know, it's not like a, you know, a white switch of, you know, one day we didn't believe and then the next day we do believe. It's usually a, a, a process of like building and of trust. And that was definitely the case for, for James and also for his brother Jude, that for their growing up and for while they were watching Jesus teach and do his miracles, they weren't on board. Uh, they were not believers. They were not followers of him. Uh, actually, at one point, James and his brother Jude and his mother Mary and maybe some of their other siblings all tried to get Jesus and kind of pull him off to the side and say, like, you gotta stop saying the stuff like that you're saying. You gotta stop telling people you're the Son of God. You gotta stop telling people you're the Messiah. You gotta stop claiming these things because people are gonna think you're crazy 
or they're going to kill you. And it wasn't until after Jesus died and then resurrected that then James finally became a believer that his brother was actually the Son of God and the Messiah. Uh, James went on to become a leader in the church, uh, ended up giving his life, was martyred uh, because he because of what he believed was true about his brother. Um, but we have a letter that he wrote to the early church. It's called the Letter of James, and it's in the collection of other books and letters that we have that we call the Bible. And here's what James says in James chapter 1, and it has to do with looking into a mirror. He says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever intently, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Uh, so, we are in a series right now uh, where we're encouraging everyone to be asking and to be asked two questions. Uh, we believe that the best way to grow is not to grow by yourself. Uh, faith shouldn't be a solo sport, but it's best to grow with other people. And in particular, we want you to have at least one person in your life. You have a, a deep growing relationship where you are each pushing each other to grow and to take next steps. And we believe that part of that process is asking these two questions on a regular basis. What is God telling you and what are you going to do about it? And part of the idea behind those questions is that we believe that God is telling us something. Uh, we believe that God is speaking, uh, that throughout all of history and even right now today, that God has something that he wants to say to you. Uh, and that's an idea that's all throughout uh, the Bible, all throughout history. Uh, throughout the Bible, there's this kind of reoccurring phrase of that the Word of God, uh, that the Word of God came to this person, that the Word of God said this to this group of people. Uh, and how the Word of God comes is very different. Uh, sometimes the Word of God will come through something you know, natural, something in nature. Uh, sometimes the Word of God will come through uh, an angel. Sometimes the Word of God will come through a prophet or someone who wants to say something. Sometimes the Word of God uh, will, come through, uh, will come through a dream or through a vision. Uh, sometimes uh, the Word of God will come through uh, people who will hear something and then they'll write it down and then it'll become part of Scripture and become part of the Bible. So oftentimes you'll hear people call the Bible the Word of God because the, the things that they wrote down were kind of from that Word of God. And what we believe is the absolute kind of epitome of the Word of God is what the, the disciple John wrote in 1 John chapter 1 where he says that when Jesus Christ came to earth that he was literally the Word made flesh. Uh, that one of the reasons why we think Jesus is such a big deal is because we believe that Jesus is kind of the ultimate, here's what God is saying. Uh, if you want to know what God is about, if you want to know what God wants to tell us, if you want to know what God is like, then you should look at Jesus because he is the ultimate word of God. Uh, but no matter how that word of God comes, whether it's through a vision, whether it's through a prophet, whether it's through scripture, whether it's through studying uh, Jesus himself, uh, what the Bible tells us is that the Word of God is always powerful. 
another early Christian leader uh, wrote uh, a letter, or maybe it was a sermon, uh, that we call uh, the book of Hebrews in the Bible. In Hebrews chapter 4, it says that the word of God is powerful. Uh, it says it's more powerful than a sword, and that it has the ability to pierce the heart and to pierce the soul. And, and here's my guess, is that many of you have, have felt that before. You, you've heard that before. Uh, maybe for you it was in a, you know, a, a song service, or maybe you were in nature somewhere, and you just had this overwhelming presence that like you are not alone, and that you are loved, and that, and that you're a wife in, in the midst of everything else, that you matter. And I think that was the Word of God speaking to you. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I, I was uh, running early in the morning, and I was running along the Hudson River around the trail there, and it was sunrise, and I was thinking about, you know, just all the things that I have going on in my life, and things I'm worried about, and things I'm stressed about, and I was watching, you know, just this river, and the trees, and the sun coming up, and deer going across the path, and just this overwhelming sense that, like, God is in control of all of this. And if God can be in control of all of this, then I bet he can handle whatever is going on in my life. Uh, maybe uh, for some of you, it was during a sermon. Uh, maybe it was during a podcast. Maybe it was in a book you read. Maybe it was something that you heard someone else say. But whenever you heard it, just something about it was like, that, that's, that's right. Uh, that is true. Something about that just like penetrates my heart. And James says that that's a big deal, that to listen to the Word of God. But James says that's only part of it. Uh, listening is one thing. Taking that time to, to look in the mirror and be like, whoa, there's, there's some work that needs to be done here. There's, there's some things that I need to, to do, some things that I need to change. That, that's, that's important. But then actually carrying it out actually listening, actually taking the advice, that's what really matters. Uh, so let me ask you a personal question. Have you ever heard something that God was telling you to do and then you didn't do it? You felt like God was telling you, you know, something he wanted you to believe God was telling you something that he wanted you to do. God was telling you something that maybe he wanted you to change, uh, something he wanted you to adapt, something that he wanted you to begin in your life. And when you heard it, you thought, yeah, that's, that's right. I, I really should do that. I, I should believe that. But then you got busy or you forgot or you did, it just seemed too inconvenient or it seemed like too much of a sacrifice or whatever. You just decided, you know what? No. Uh, or maybe to make it a little bit more personal, uh, one of the ways in which I believe God speaks that we can hear the Word of God is uh, we said the, the Word of God can come through Scripture, and the Word of God can come through the Scripture, kind of the Word of God proclaimed, what we call preaching. And so one of the reasons why we come together uh, online on Sundays and hopefully someday again in person, because we believe that we can hear the Word of God, that we can, that God is speaking to us as a part of these gatherings that we do of Sunday morning church. And so let's just review just the last couple weeks maybe of what we have been talking about in church. And so if you're view, uh, with us for the very first time today, then you're off the hook for this part of the message. Uh, but maybe if you've been with us for uh, a couple of the weeks or all the weeks over the last few, here's just some of the things that we've talked about. Uh, starting in January, 
we talked about the idea that we think that the best way for everyone to grow is to be in a one-on-one -on -one relationship and that one of the biggest needs that most of us have in our lives is we need deep friendships that we just a lot of us just don't have a lot of friends in general we don't have a lot of close friends we just don't have people that we really know and that really know us and i bet some of you have thought over the last couple of weeks that's true that's that that yeah i i need to be a part of one of those i really should sign up i really should reach out to someone and see if they want to take our friendship to the next level and you've thought about it you you heard it but for whatever reason you just haven't done it yet uh or one of the things that we've talked about that you should do in those one-on-ones you should really be during <clears throat> You should really be transparent. You should really be authentic. That you, you need to have someone where they, you're just, there's just no secrets. I mean, they, they know what you're excited about, but they also know what you're stressed about. They know what you're struggling with. And you thought, I me, mean, yeah, there's some things that like, I think I'm the only one who knows. I'm the only one who you know, is dreaming that maybe I could do that someday. I'm the only one who's, who knows that I'm struggling so much with that or that I'm having those kind of thoughts right now or that, or that I have that sin going on in my life right now. I'm, and I, it would be so helpful if I could share that with someone else. And you felt this push that I, I should just, I need to sit down and say, I need to talk to you about this. And you thought about it, you, you heard it, but you just haven't done it yet. Uh, or a couple weeks ago, we talked about the idea that you need someone who can encourage you to take a break, uh, to take a Sabbath, uh, to take a rest. That one of our tendencies is just to overwork ourselves and to burn ourselves out. And that we just, instead of making time for relationships, making time for God, making time for our kids, marriage, friends, you know, the things that are really most important, we just, you know, get too crazy with our schedules. And, and by the way, uh, I know that that message was pretty popular because we can look at the, the metrics in today's world and uh, that sermon uh, about uh, not burning ourselves out was viewed way more on YouTube than our other sermons. It was listened to way more on the podcast. So I'm guessing that there's many of you that heard that message and that idea that, yeah, I need to take a break every once in a while. And you heard it, but have you actually taken the time to do it? And what James says is that when you just hear the word, but you don't do anything about it, it's, it's, like, it's like looking in the mirror and seeing like, oh my gosh, like I, I got like some nose hairs. I, I, my hair is all crazy. Like, ooh, my, my breath is bad. But then you just go on throughout your day and you, and you never address it. You never do anything about it. And you're just carrying that stuff all throughout the day. And James says where stuff really hits the pavement, where things really get moving, is when you don't just hear the word, but where you actually do it, where you actually apply it. Uh, to change metaphors a little bit, uh, one of the more powerful things I, I've heard in the last little bit, I was talking to uh, my friend John, who's a part of our church, and he was talking about how we, how we grow in all things, but he was particularly talking about how you learn a new language. Uh, he's had the experience a couple of different times in his life where he would go to a country where he didn't know the language at all and he was trying to learn the language. And how do you learn a new language? 
is that what you don't do for the most part is you don't just like sit down and take a whole bunch of classes and just gain information. You know, new, you know, new words, new vocabulary, just, you know, learn, 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 learn. So that's not a very good way to learn a new language. So the best way is to learn a little bit and then you go out and you try it out. He said you would start by learning something like, hi, my name is John. And you kind of learn that. And then you just go all through town that day and you just keep saying those words in that new language. Hi, and it just registers in your head. And then the next day you learn a couple more phrases. And then you go out and you practice those. And then you learn a few more and then you go out and you practice those. And the way that you, not just like, you know, have information about a new language, but the way that you make a new language a part of just who you are and the way you speak and just in your mind where it just it becomes a part of who you are is not just by learning it but it's by practicing it and that's what we want to happen with our faith that's what we want to happen with the words that god is telling us is that we want them not just to be things that we're we're hearing we want them to to become a part of who we are and the way we get there is by going out and practicing them uh, but here's what we all know, is that applying these things can be difficult. I mean, it's so easy, right, to watch on Sunday mornings and, you know, we hear and we think, oh, that's a really good idea, and then we turn it off, and then we go to lunch, and then we have kids, and, you know, we got we the things we're going to do for work or for school, and, you know, we watch a few Netflix shows, and it's just pretty soon, like, you know, a couple days, a couple weeks go by, we just haven't done anything about it. Uh, so a couple tips to be able to help us to actually apply these. Uh, one is that we send out a next step email every single week. And we believe that that's a really, really powerful tool just because it'll make us think more about it uh, and, and, and it'll give us activities that we can do to really think through this stuff a little bit more. And the more you think about it, the more you verbalize it, the more it just really starts to move from your head and down to your heart. But then where it will really help is when you share those conversations you're having in the next step email with somebody else. When you're telling someone else, hey, here's what I feel like that God is telling me, here's what I got out of that, and here's what I think I need to do. And then when you get together next week, they can ask you about it and say, hey, last week you said that you felt like God was encouraging you to do this thing. Have you done it yet? Have you taken that step? Because when you do, that's when faith really gets exciting. And I, just, I love the stories that we have in our church of people that have not only heard God tell them to do something, but they actually took the time to apply it. Uh, I think of uh, Jen and Jason, uh, we just back in February did the, their seventh, I think, annual, what they call their get off the, uh, your donkey uh, supply drive. And for years now, they've been gathering supplies for inter uh, interfaith partnership for the homeless. Uh, this year, they gathered over $2,000 that many of you helped to help them to raise that they were able to give to Interfaith Partnership for the Homeless. And the whole thing began with this, this little word of God that they felt like that God was telling them that people in our community, uh, especially our homeless friends in our community, need assistance. They need help. And thank goodness, instead of just hearing that message, they did something about it. Uh, I think of uh, Julie, who runs our middle school and high school ministry. Uh, for the first six, seven years of our church, we're about an eight-year-old church now, we didn't have anything for middle school, high school kids. We, we wanted something, we just didn't have anything. And one day, Julie felt this word of God kind of pushing her that like, hey, we need something for middle school, high school kids, and you should be the one who starts it. And thank goodness, and all of you that are middle school, high school parents, you can t attest to this, 
that Julie didn't just hear that message, but she took it and she applied it. Uh, and, and so many others. I mean, those of you that heard that push that maybe you should get involved in foster care. Amazing. Uh, those of you who thought, maybe I should start volunteering somewhere. Uh, those of you who thought, man, I need to be in a one-on-one -on -one relationship. Uh, that I should join a community group. Uh, this past week, I heard a story from a friend who felt this nudge that they needed to write a note to this family member, and there was like some friction, and they'd kind of been estranged for a while, and they felt this push that they needed to write this note, and they, they sent it, and now it's opened up all kinds of new kind of openings and kind of, you know, kind of giving new life and forgiveness to that relationship because they followed that push from God. And well, if you take that time to listen to what God is telling you to do and actually do it, then that's where this whole faith thing just gets so, so exciting. Uh, lastly, uh, I don't at all want to give the idea that like when the Word of God speaks to us, that it, it's always a to-do list. It's not that God only speaks to us when he wants us to do things and that's, you know, God just kind of has given us like a grocery list, you know, advisement of what we need to do. Uh, God wants to converse with us because he wants a relationship with us. Uh, he has things that he wants us to know and believe in, and he wants us to communicate to him and he wants us to have a real active relationship with him. And I think one of the biggest things that God wants to regularly communicate to you and to me I think above everything else, is that He loves you. That He loves you so, so much. And there's lots of ways that He communicates that. Um, but one way is by communion. And that's something that we do every single week here at uh, Christ Church. And the reason we do that is because it's so easy to hear that message that God loves us, but then we move on with the week and we're like, ah, you know, but does He really? You know, I mean, you know, I mean, based off of what I've done, based off of, you know, like, man, I haven't, didn't read my Bible that much this week or at all, so maybe God's mad at me because of that, or, you know, maybe God's trying to get me, or, you know, and so every week he wants to remind us, no, I want you to remember and know and live in this idea that I love you. Uh, so let's remember that today. Let's feel that word that God is telling us. Let's pray. Uh, Jesus, thank you so much for speaking to us. That you're not just somewhere out there, but that you are real and present in our lives and that you want to speak to us. Help us to hear what you have to say, because sometimes we can just be so busy and distracted that we just don't hear. But then once we hear, help us to not just listen but help us to obey, help us to act, help us to actually put what you have to say to us into practice. Help us to do this in your name and help us not to do it alone. Same we pray, amen. Uh, we love you guys uh, and we'll see you next week. Well, thank you for being a part of our service today. We hope that you found it helpful as you're able to connect with other people during the service through the chat and also helpful in regards to what we learned today as we have uh, focused on God and focused on what his word says about our lives and about himself. 
Uh, and so as a church, we are all about taking next steps and next steps in our lives, next step in our walk with Jesus, uh, because we're trying to take what we learn uh, in a day like today in the service and apply it to our lives. And so we'd love to come alongside you and help you with that. Uh, and there's a couple ways that we can help. Uh, there's a next step email and then there's the connection card. Uh, the next step it's next step email. If you're already on the email list, you'll be receiving that shortly. Um, but if you're not on the email list, you can look that up on the Facebook page. But basically, the next step email gives uh, a few different things to follow up on as we continue just next week. Uh, so there's some questions that, again, is related to what we've learned. Uh, prayer uh, prayer related items uh, that we can pray specifically for and also some activities that we can do with other people. Uh, but it's just a way to kind of re-continue our focus on the things that God wants us to be focused on. Uh, it also, there's the connection card. And the connection card is a way that you can let some of the leaders know what's going on in your life. Um, any prayer requests you may have, uh, any next steps you're considering. Uh, we'd love to come alongside you with those things. And so if you have any of those uh, prayer requests, next steps, or anything else, uh, feel free to fill out the connection card. and. Let us know what's going on uh, in your lives. Um, we say every week that church is not uh, a building. It's not an organization. It's even not just a service. It's a group of people. Um, and as a church, uh, I when I normally would host, I would say this. There's something that was said to me. Is that if no one has told you that they love you today, just know that I do. And as a church, just know that we love you. And so we, we mean it when we say that we want to walk alongside you. So if you have anything going on in your life right now, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we love you and hope that you have a great week.